0: I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. You say of System of a Down, which features the monstrous bass playing of my guest today on the program, Shavo Odajian. Let me tell you a little bit about Shavo Odajian. Shavo was born in Yerevan, which is not only the capital of Armenia, it's the cultural center of the country. It was after World War I that Yerevan became the capital, just as survivors of the Armenian Holocaust arrived safely in the city. That horrific genocide claimed the lives of 1.5 million Armenians who were, for the most part, citizens of the Ottoman Empire. When Shava was just a boy, he and his family moved west. Like, way west. Like, 7,000 miles west. And they settled into a new life, right in the heart of Los Angeles. Shava grew up skating and listening to punk rock and metal. In other words, he fit right in. But Chavo was one of those guys who couldn't sit still. He was most productive when he was doing a thousand things. For example, when he was in college, he was majoring in psychology, minoring in art, managing a band, and working in a bank. Now, if you're in college and you think you're too busy to turn an essay in, ask yourself, am I Chavo busy? Because if you're not, you should probably turn that paper in on time. (laughs) You know I'm right. Now, it turns out that the band Shavo was managing counted Darren Malakian and Serge Tonkian as their members. Serge and Darren had even gone to the same elementary school as Shavo, but they didn't know each other then. But they knew each other now, and I'll get to that in a second. Now, I told you Shavo was busy, and he really was. Aside from college, the bank, and the band management, he also had his own band, In fact, he had met Serge and Darren when their respective bands were in the studio recording. Serge and Darren's band was called Soil, and Shavo managed them, but he started to lock in with them as their bass player, and things just began to click. So, he bailed on the band management, he bailed on his own band, he bailed on the bank, and he bailed on college. How'd that work out? Well, pretty fucking awesome is how that turned out. The band that Chavo managed was called Soil, but with Chavo aboard, they called themselves System of a Down. And System of a Down went on to become one of the biggest bands in the world. They released five studio albums that, to date, have sold close to 50 million copies. Three of those albums debuted at number one on the Billboard charts. They've won a Grammy. They've headlined pretty much... Every major music festival, they've shared the stage with Metallica, Slayer, and Incubus, and they've even shot a video with Michael Moore. Pretty impressive, right? Well, keep in mind, that's just a partial list of their accomplishments. The fact is this. System of a Down is one of the most beloved and massive bands on this planet. Even though they haven't put a record out since 2005, fans are waiting rapidly as ever for that elusive sixth album. They want it so badly that even just the slightest news that comes out of the System of a Down camp sends fans into a speculative frenzy. And it's not hard to see why. System of a Down's feral blend of metal, Middle Eastern rhythms, and punky prog rock have made them one of the most unique and innovative bands of all time. Okay, so that's System of a Down. As for Shavo, well, Shavo's a guy who's still not standing still. Aside from his work with System, he's collaborated with Reza of the Wu-Tang Clan. He's a known L.A. DJ who operates under the moniker DJ Tactics. He's played in George Clinton's band. He mentors young bands. He's a respected producer, video director, film scorer, actor, painter, philanthropist, activist, and humanitarian. And now, with 22 Red, Shavo is entering the cannabis business. Before I tell you all about that, let me tell you the deal with 22 Red. It's a lifestyle brand that makes shirts, hats, sunglasses, and now pre-rolls and vapes, all comprised of lab-tested, compliant cannabis. Now, this may not come as a surprise, but Chavo is a longtime cannabis advocate and enthusiast, and he believes in the medicinal and personal power that it provides. And as a result, 22 Red features, well, I was going to say it features never-before-seen Flavors, but let's go with smoked. Never before smoked flavors that have been specifically engineered for 22 Red exclusively. Now, when it comes to the significance of the number 22 in the brand's title, well, it's pretty significant. Shava was born on the 22nd of April. He was married on the 22nd of May. And guess how old he was when he joined System of a Down? That's right, 29. No, I'm kidding. It was 22. 22. Now, add to that a synthesia like association of the number 22 with the color red, and boom, 22 Red is born. Okay, so there's that. Meanwhile, it's been almost 15 years since System of a Down put out new music, but they remain one of the most vital live bands around. And they still tour, but very selectively. And in the past few years, some of those selective dates have included the Reading and Leeds festivals, a five-night headlining stand at Soundwave, a sold-out Hollywood bowl gig, Sweden's Metal Town, Austria's Nova Rock. Well, you get the idea. Now, this probably won't surprise you, but when I talked to Shavo, he was busy. He was running from one thing to the next thing. And at one point in the interview, he actually names all the things he's been doing and all the things he has to do. And it sounds, well, it sounds tiring. But Shavo was a tireless guy. The kind of guy who runs at his most optimum when he's super booked. But, booked and breathless as he was, he was utterly charming. Super busy, but charming. I think you're going to like this guy. Enjoy my chat with Shavo of System of a Down and 22 Red, right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast.
1: You got me in a very crazy, busy day. Today was like, we weren't going to be able to do this, but I said, let's throw it in there since, why not, you know?
0: Well, I appreciate that. I know you're busy, so let's get right to it. Break down 22 Red for me. So, 22 Red,
1: um, well, I thought of, okay, I have a really close friend from when I was a kid, and he owns a clothing and apparel, like, manufacturing company. Place in uh los angeles and so we always we are we're, we're you know very fashion friendly as in i have a certain thing i don't like to wear too many uh, i mean like big logos on me but i do have a little of what you know like a little bit of pizzazz so we've been talking of like having a line of clothing that hits that you know what i mean market where it's not all flashy but it's very cool and the fabrics are great and the cuts are great so it's like you want to wear it every day and you're not blazing gold uh you know um logos and all this big, you know, I I don't want to name brands that are huge like that, but I'm just saying more simple. With that came in our third partner, who was one of my really close friends, cousin, younger cousin, who was a master grower forever. And, you know, we I saw his last grow and I was just taken by it. So we decided to take on a third partner and add cannabis to our, you know, list of things we want to release and this was in the time of like 2017 when they were saying everything's going to be legal in 2018 recreational so we were i mean he's already in the in the, uh, he was already in the medical world he's licensed so we have all that going on permitted everything so it kind of the idea was born then and we started thinking of how we're going to do this how we're going to do this and we kind of like I got in there, and I learned all the growing vibes and what's going on and how things are done, and I met some really cool people, and through them I met more people, and I went to all the conventions, and I went to dispensaries, and this is like the last year and a half of my life. It was just right, revolved around there, and, of course, studio time making music, which we'll talk about later, but 22 Red was born mentally. The name wasn't there yet. We had hundreds of different names we could have chosen, and people was, were, were advising me, man, you're a celebrity. You're Shovel from System of a Down. Why don't you put your name on it? Why don't you use System of a Down? I'm like, nah dude. I want this to be something different. I want this to be like really like long lasting. It's bigger than Chavo. It's not just, you know, I've seen celebrities out there do that with this cannabis industry, you know, just put a name put their name on things and just use their celeb to sell weed and make money, which is fine for them. But this is different for me. It goes, I'm a passionate guy. I'm passionate in everything I do. So if I'm going to do something, I want to do it right. So with that came the idea of 22 Red and having, and uh, through meeting people, I met a lot of master growers, you know, and, uh, it went from there. I can go further, but I want to let you ask me some questions.
0: No, no, for <laughs> sure. So this was a very immersive process. And did you, in your education during this past year and a half, what did you learn that was the most staggering for you in terms of like, you know, this is a whole new world. What stuff did you pick up that you didn't know about?
1: Well, the stuff is for. For example, all the licensing and all the compliances. Right now, I'm like a master, that's like like you know, legal stuff. I'm not. I was. I'm, I'm. I was more of an artist. I'm now. I'm understanding the business of it. I love to create. I have ideas. I'm like full of that. You know what I mean? So I'm that ball of fire when it comes to what I'm ideas about doing stuff and uh, how to design something and how I want something to look. And but then I also like quality. But now I have to do a business. So not only did I like. Get together with some really good business people to help me out, but I also watched and learned and I'm getting more business savvy. I've always had the business mind, but I, you know, this is me diving in straight up and seeing what is what. And, and um, you know, there's a lot of gray lines in this industry and I'm just going straight. I, I want to go straight and I want to like do things compliant. And, you know, I have kids, so I want to make them childproof, all, all the, you know, everything. I want to be compliant on everything. So that was the hardest part, learning all that. Other than that, you know, I've been smoking for 20-some 20 years, 22 years. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, I've uh, acquired the taste of a lot. And so throughout this tasting, you know, like figuring out what we're doing, I've also met a lot of growers and been tasting and realized that my brand, the way we're going to do it to keep it quality, is we're not growing only. I'm not growing on my own. weed. We do have that. We have an in-house grow that's happening. We have the 22 OG and we have the sun coming out which is another one of my flavors but i'm also going at my favorite growers out there and i'm been tasting what they've doing and some stuff that they've never released and i'm picking my favorites and having them grow a lot of so we can have exclusive flavors coming from the best in the world and not like mass production of it exclusive thousand joints of. You a thousand pre-rolls of a certain flavor only and distribute that throughout california um do a special grow in nevada and distribute only that in that place so if you really want to smoke that specific flavor and flower you're gonna have to go to you know what i mean yeah so i want to i want to create that exclusiveness of everything because i'm really taking my time with this it's not like i'm just like oh does it make money go for it no it's more of like is it something i would smoke is it something i would wear is it something I would put on me? Is it something I want to stand next to? That's what it's about, quality.
0: Now, you and I are both uh, living in California. Are you always looking at what the feds are doing? Are you are you nervous about how – I mean we seem like we're fine now, but who knows with this administration? Anything could happen. Yeah. yeah but, okay, here's the thing.
1: So I'm cannabis, right? But I'm also lifestyle. Like I said, we have a lot going on with branding other types of quality things like the hoodies we have and the T-shirts – and so we're going to go global on that stuff. You know, I have fans around the world that are down with what I'm trying to do. And hopefully we'll, they'll start it off, but I'm sure the masses might like what I'm doing. Uh, worldwide, you know, I can't think of it being cannabis, right? Right. So I'm not really worried. But the cannabis part, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. I can't, I, I can't guess what's going to happen, but I doubt they're going to be stupid enough to do that because uh, not only has it, created jobs, created income, it's also saved lives. You know what I mean? Like, in America, 50,000 people die yearly of opiate abuse. And we don't hear about that, but we do hear about the three kids that got killed by cops, you know, somewhere. And But what about those 50,000 that are dying? Every kid's prescription pills, prescription drugs. So in those states that cannabis has been legal, we've seen a very de- a, a huge decrease in that in opiate drug overdoses and use in general. So I think that itself should be something of all of America, all of the world should look at because it is an epidemic, the opiate and the pill and the prescription abuse, the Xanax is out there. You know what I mean? The Xanax users out there, it's, the kids are using Xanax nowadays. So, I mean, that's terrible. And not to go into a whole political, sorry, political rant, um, I just want to tell you that so I'm not really worried because I see things going in the right direction.
0: Now, what kind of by the way, a political rant is fine. <laughs> what what kind of conversations do you have with your kids about this subject?
1: Well, they're really young. I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and now a six month old. So it's okay. not much, but they do see me smoke. And you know what? My dad smokes cigarettes, and that's like the worst to me and they see my dad smoking cigarettes. So when I go and I'm smoking my joint, they see me doing that too, so they think smoke is smoke, but I tell them it's more medicine, they go mine is, and it smells different. I'm not telling them it's okay, and I don't think it's okay. Under 21, I don't believe you should be smoking. I didn't smoke till I was like 20, 21 years old, I swear. And I'm not saying it because of me not smoking, but I think, and I've done some research, and there is some evidence of it stunting growth in, in the youth, so I, of course, I don't want that to happen to anyone. But after 21, I think it's not bad for you, and that's my true opinion. I think it's actually good for you. It's medicinal, and I think it's been wrongly, wrongly criminalized.
0: I agree. Uh, I I like you because you're one of those guys that you don't do anything 10%. You go 100% with everything that you do. Yeah.
1: Please. Yeah, I have to. If I don't, it's just not my way because I wouldn't feel like it's mine. Like, you know, I'm making music with these guys. Called Heavy Shepherd, and I'm a part of it now, right? But it's kind of weird because, like, everything I've done in my life has been all me, all me, and then everyone else just does around me. I mean, besides System of a Down, System of a Down, I think we all gave it our all, even though I managed that first and I ran around doing playing bass, doing the art, doing the uh, the stage stuff. I just have to have have my hands around things because I know if I do it, I'll do it right. Because I can, I don't like blaming people. I don't like saying, "Oh, he didn't do it right." Well, it was my fault because I should have done it for, I should have made sure he does it right. You know what I mean? Like, that's just been my motto. And my dad's like that. My dad, I remember, you know, when you're a kid and you look at your dad or your mom or whoever you're, you know, is raising you and you're like, man, that dude knows everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I kind of went with that, you know what I mean? And then the other day, (laughs) so it's like a 360. It's like how it comes around. I heard my little boy, uh, Shavo Jr., who's who's seven. I heard him talking to my... uh, my mom. And he goes, yeah, dad'll do it. Dad knows everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> that just really like, it warmed
0: my heart, you know, it was so amazing. So yeah, yeah I, I kind of am that guy, but I think that's a good thing, right? Oh, totally. And when you hear your kids <laughs> cool. say that, do you, do you say to yourself, boy, I really, I really do need to know everything if he thinks that. <laughs> it's kind of a, now it's like when I'm around him, I can't say, I can't son.
1: I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll figure out a way you should figure out a way. It's always like, there's always a way around things. I, that's what I try to teach my little guys. You know, there's, it's problem solving. It's like you can solve your way out of the worst situations. You know what I mean? Do something right, and do it. And you know, I'm 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 all about kids, bro. You know.
0: Well, so, I, are you are you one of those guys? Where I like how you don't want to blame other people, but are you are you good about blaming yourself? Are you willing to say, okay, I messed that up?
1: Hundred percent, bro. I'll ask you. Did I just like I'll, after I'm done with this? I'll ask my dude. i like, hey, was that okay? You know, did I fuck up? Did I say something wrong? I don't know. I'm just like a big critic on myself. But I know when I start flowing, I'm going and I'm being transparent. So sometimes my transparency freaks me out because I'm like, what did I say? Did I say something too deep <laughs> or something <not> too <laughs> – because, okay, today's world, come on, dude. You can fart the wrong way and someone finds that offensive and then you're doing this and you're doing that and then they, they – you know what I mean? It's yeah. crazy. So I mean I, I never saw myself thinking about that when System of Down was coming up and we were doing interviews. I'd say, well, fuck you?" I'd say, "Whatever." You know, I'd be like, "You know, the fuck these people did that." I remember when we had the riots and they were interviewing me, and I was just going off. I was, I was, I was a kid, and I couldn't, I couldn't say nothing wrong. You know, I was like, I knew everything. Now I'm older,
0: I kind of know a lot more, but I know nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. But you, but you're a passionate guy, and you, and you, you don't hold back with what you do. No. Yeah. See that? I I like that. I like that. And now let me ask you a question. I know, I wonder if you're one of those people, did you always know you were going to pursue an artistic life? When did that? No. No. Okay. No, not at all. Uh, I always thought, I always loved art. I always pursued anything that
1: I loved, bro. I loved, I used to skateboard. I used to like, that was like life. You know, there was a time where it was me and my board and my friends. And I thought to myself, what would I do in life if I didn't skate? Because what, what would I be doing at this moment? That's the truth. That's how my brain worked, because I was passionate. Like I said, I was like all in. You know, I was like, I want to learn everything. I'm going to be the best. Uh, that led to playing guitar, and I was like, this is, wow, I, I can do this now, you know, since, and then I went there. Um, sorry, what was the last thing you asked? <laughs> I, <laughs> I was oh, wondering about, you, yeah. about my life being about art and art. Well, no, because, you know, my mom also, she, she like, always wanted me and advised me to always study and do school and stuff, and I wasn't the best at it. I was like a B student, you know, B minus sometimes. And because it's because I had so many other um, likes outside of school, you know, I'd come home, I'd skate, I'd draw. I when and when I skated, that's kind of my film love for film came out at that time because I was um, I I I would take my dad's big ass VHS you know recorder from the eighties and (laughs) you know and I'd be skateboarding with that with all my friends filming and then I'd get that VHS I'd come home and I lived in this apartment building in East Hollywood and my grandma lived in the apartment above mine. So I'd go up there, grab her VHS player, or her VCR, bring it down. And I, I don't know how I even figured this out. And I'd have RCAs and I, you know, video audio out in, and I would record and pause and play on the other one. And i figure a way to like make a movie, you know, and I would make skateboarding movies, take away all the falling parts, you know, and make it like all the good clips, you know? So I still have that. And I think we're gonna actually show some of that soon. Cause we're doing a little video on my youth, and uh, I think we're gonna have that come out soon. So I did that, but going back to what my mom, she used to always you know, put that whole studying there. So I did finish high school and I did start college, but during college is when System started going. And I, there was a moment where, and I, and I had a job, I used to work at the bank. I was working at First Interstate Bank doing wire transfers, I was playing in System of the Down. <laughs> and I was going to school, uh, college. Um, So hold on. I'm getting a phone call. Sorry about that.
0: No worries. Um,
1: So yeah, I just had it all going on. Like I said, I worked hard at everything I did. So I had a lot of uh, things I was doing throughout one day, you know, Um, just because I didn't know if system of down was going to be blowing up. Yeah. We're having great shows and you know, we're in Hollywood and we're playing, selling out the Roxy, but I don't know, we're not signed yet. I haven't, I'm I'm only putting money in, you know? Um, So I had to have the education and, the time came, we got signed to Rick Rubin, and um, we were gonna go on tour. I, we got signed to, sorry, now yeah, Sony, Rick Rubin. And I went to my counselor at, in college, and I asked him, I said, listen, so this is going on, and I've been going and working this hard, and, but my dream is like, you know, like, dude, if that's your dream, he's like, follow your dream. We'll always be here when, you, when it doesn't work out, but you gotta try. And I'm like, fuck, let's go. My mom thought it was the worst counseling ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, <laughs> but I see your point. <laughs> yeah. But dude, it worked, right? So yeah. all the power to that dude and thank you very much for that advice.
0: But you're still that guy. You're still a guy who's doing a lot of things at
1: once. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. It just always happens that way though. It's not like I tried to do all these things at once. It's just – you know, I like all these things, and it's always, like, kind of happening at the same time. And then, like, one or two will fly, you know, and take off.
0: So my, so my my guess about you is that either you sleep really well at night or you don't sleep at all. It's hard, man. Some nights I'll sleep
1: well. Some nights, if I have something to do, my mind kind of works a little over time. You know? But it is what it is, man.
0: So how – do you think the secret to life, uh, shava is just to keep pushing yourself by trying new things? I don't know if that's the secret to life
1: because everyone – is different you know that's what drives me um i just think you know i like i mean life is all about experiences man i'm not even trying to break the bank or nothing like that it's not about money It's just about doing things and having fun. And if it's, and I like that, I've always had interests, you know, so why not follow my interests and do things with them, you know? And if I think they're good enough to share with the world, then I'm, that's what I'm doing. And I thought 22 was good enough to share with the world.
0: Hell yeah. And what's your relationship with your instrument? Like how do you approach the bass now uh, compared to say 20 years ago?
1: Oh wow, so different. 20 years ago I was learning songs to play and I wasn't jamming as much. Now with this new project, I'm working with others. I'm working with two guys. One of them, like, oh, wait, they, they both make beats. I'm, I make beats too and stuff. We're we're in the studio uh, using Logic right now and with live instruments though. And like, they'll throw a four four beat for me at a certain tempo, and I'll just start going and I'm on on the bass. And, and and they press record, and I'm just, you know, they're looping, they're recording, and I'm going, and there'll be certain moments that we'll hear like what happened right there like something comes out of me we'll be using those moments and then we'll create beats under that bass line so it's kind of like the bass line creates the beat you know what I'm talking about so it's totally different than playing a beat and then playing a bass line to that beat we'll just do like a metronome I'll play some licks like just freestyle just going just whatever's coming to my fingers I don't even I'm not singing it it's just happening it's coming out of me uh, that's been happening a lot. So I'm very inspired and I've been writing a lot of music. Like the last year has been insane with music writing. I think the busier I am, the more uh, creative I get. It's weird.
0: Okay, true or false, when you have tons of free time, you're not as productive. True, bro. When I'm sitting around on my
1: phone or if I'm sitting around watching, I love to binge watch too. I'm the I'm the average dude when it comes to that. But I try to, right before I go to sleep or, you know, sometime where I'm not thinking about something being done. Dude, I love getting into a show and stuff at that those times or if i have days off where i'm sick i don't go grab the guitar or bass i can't it's not in me but like today i've had a full day i had a camera crew follow me around i had a dash radio live interview i had i had to do designing the clothes i had like four samples made i had to go measure them i had to see if they were done right and now i'm talking to you i'm gonna go i have a surprise for my boys i they did something good. They got like 100% at school. So I'm going to go give them a surprise and get them happy. And then I'm headed to the studio because I got this juice going where I want to create
0: something. Um, it's an unbelievable day. And I'm
1: sober, by the way. I'm 100% sober. <laughs> I smoke weed. I swear. And I can talk about that sobriety some other time because I I did have issues back in the day. And I kind of cleared all that up years ago. But like I'm doing all this because I'm sober. I think there's like drive in me. I feel like I've gotten that second chance, you know, second run at life. So let's go. Are you Are you happier than you've ever been? Not ever been, but like probably in the last, you know, good twenty years, yes. Happiness comes from like within, of course. Plus, I've knocked on wood. I love my family, man. And it's like anytime something's happening, I I look at my kids and I, I'm I'm back, right? You know, it's like back to gear. You <laughs> know, I'm in.
0: So, uh, what are the big goals for the future, pal? What What are you thinking? What What do you have on the uh, on the horizon? I'm doing for you? it, man. I'm doing. it. I'm hoping. Okay, look, I'm doing twenty two red, and that, I'm hoping
1: the best for that, right? And I'm doing this Heavy shepherd, and I'm hoping the best for that. But in, in my heart, I'm hoping System can pull off that record again and get that going because I like that too. So, But who knows? Who knows? You know what I mean? I just don't know what could happen.
0: Well, he's right. Who knows what can happen? Uh, there you go. My chat with Shavo of System of a Down. Nice guy. Uh, busy guy. He's making me feel like I'm not busy enough. I got to get busier is uh, is what I'm feeling after that conversation. Maybe I'll start my own line of uh, vape pens. What should I call it? Oh, I'll call it 48 Green. And uh, the slogan will be easing the sting of middle age. One vape at a time. Uh, If you want more information about 22Red, go to 22RedLA.com. That's the number 22. Don't spell that out. Uh, On Instagram, 22RedLA. Uh, Also visit Shavo on Instagram, Adagian. Uh, You'll find him there. Uh, You want the System of a Down website? Do you really need that? Systemofadown.com. But you knew that. Uh, As for me, you can find me at alexgreenonline.com. And you can now find Stereo Embers the Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. And you can find me on Instagram, Podcast on Twitter, at Embers Editor, and if there's a guest you want me to find, someone to track down with a microphone and a little bit of sass, drop me a line, editor at com, and let me know who you want me to uh, have on the program. Also, subscribe to Bombshell Radio on iTunes. God, this is the homework part of the program, isn't it? Uh, okay, let's finish things off with my favorite System of a Down song. It's Streamline, a song I've listened to about eight million times. Let's make it eight million and one, and I will see you next week, right here, for another episode of Stereo Embers, the podcast. That wasn't there for you.
1: is gonna be fine. But I can't see you across the streamline. My love waits for me in daytime. But I can't see you through the snow blind. But I was-